What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Bleed. It's your boy, Al Mack. And we got the results, the recap, the breakdown of what was the insanity of UFC 262. Oh, boy, Al. Hey, we. It's. I'm sorry, folks, but you know what? There's going to be a victory lap. There's going to be a couple victory laps because me and my man, Al, we tried to tell you on the co-main. We tried to tell you on the main event. And if you just didn't listen, that's your bad. But you know what? That's okay because we're going to break it down. Al, I'm pretty pumped up. I'm pretty amped up. A lot of things went my way on this main card. But listen, I got a good analogy for the folks out there for how this gambling, how this betting night on the UFC went for me. My betting night reflected the performance of Charles Dubronx Oliveira fully because you know what? Early on tonight, your boy took a couple L's. But you know what happened when we hit that main card, baby? Annihilation, okay? I tore it to shreds. And let me tell the people how. It's my man, Al Mack. Al, how are you doing? Good, man. I had a, I had a pretty great night uh, as well. You know, we hit on... We hit on Oliveira. We hit on Dariush. Uh, there was a couple, you know, <laughs> the prelims started off pretty well for me, too, with those two uh, flyweight dogs in the women's division. But uh, over the dogs went six and six tonight, so uh, Ooh, which damn, isn't spectacular. Lady. And that's then the, un- the under again tonight, uh, Cash. So that's two weekends uh, in a row now that the under has been profitable. Seven and five for 5.3 units. So uh, it's interesting. 12 fights tonight. There was seven of these fights were coin flip fights between minus 150 or or better. And the favorite went four and three for just a, a, a nine tenths of a unit. So uh, it it's it's this was just such a there was value on 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 almost every side of these fights. This was such a bettable card for me. I bet I bet twenty three fight uh, twenty three bets tonight, and I ended, up, <laughs> I ended up making just under four units profit, which uh, to me is a huge victory because at one point at one point it wasn't looking very good. The Darius. Uh, the the Darius cashing on the money line helped, and then you know we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. But I had everything pretty much leading to uh, Charles Oliveira, and and it all worked out, and not the way that I expected. But before we get to that, let's talk about the the whole card, or the whole main card, because this was a this is a banger, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm riding high, feeling great. Absolutely killed this main card, and I can't wait to talk about it. So. Kicking it off, the first fight of the night. Man, and we really got to give the UFC some props here. This was the perfect fight to kick off a main card. Edson Barboza, one minute, 16 seconds of round number three, takes out Shane Burgos in what was an absolute war of attrition. Um, and Edson Barboza ends up being the man standing at the end. So, Al, I got to tell you something here, man. Earlier this week, when I put out my prediction video, as I do every week on Tuesday, I said I like Edson Barboza in this matchup. If Edson Barboza can really invest in the leg kick, the calf kick early on, Shane Burgos, he's a very good boxer, but he's very heavy on the lead front leg. My goodness. I actually tweeted out, I think Edson Barboza might have seen my breakdown this week. Uh, <laughs> he went in there, chopped Barboza, or excuse me, chopped Burgos early and often. I'll say this though, man. Shane Burgos is a tough dude. He ate a lot of leg kicks. I think a lot of guys would have been incapacitated, would have absolutely just wilted and weathered away. Listen, he's a tough guy. Were they affected him? Absolutely. Uh, There's no one in the world that's just going to be unaffected by Edson Barboza chopping the legs like that, especially early in a fight. Now, this was a close fight. Edson Barboza, for my money, was winning. And Al, like I said, I started off this night a little ticked off, lost some bad bets. I mean, not necessarily bad bets. It's just, you know, there were probably two likely outcomes to, to every bet I placed, and it was the other outcome that kept happening. You know what I mean? So uh, variance, whatever you want to call it, um, it is what it is, right? But it ended up getting me very ticked off 
Okay. So I started the night, like I said, not on a good note. I got mad, kind of forced to play here on Edson Barboza. I said the plus money. I picked the guy to win on the on uh on my prediction video. Unfortunately, and this is my bad. I gotta take the, I gotta take full responsibility for this one. I should have had Edson Barboza on the Patreon that I sent out to everyone. Unfortunately, I didn't. Like I said, I honestly kind of got mad, kind of chased, got a little overly aggressive, and it actually paid off. I had Barboza in this one, man. Al, before I throw it to you, dude, I got to say one thing before I forget. I'm very concerned about that shot Burgos took. Al, I've watched a lot of fights. I've been balls deep into this game for over a decade at this point. I've never seen someone eat a massive shot, regain composure, focus on their opponent, begin to move forward, and then all of a sudden this guy's eyes drift off. He starts falling backwards and falls against the cage. I honestly was afraid that we saw something break loose. We saw, like, Burgos having a stroke. I was ultra concerned with how that guy went down. I've never seen anything like it. It's just that simple. I've never seen anything like it. And sure enough, the dude gets up and he's recovered. Let me throw it to you right here, Al. Just tell me what you thought of that moment. I, I, have you ever seen anything like this? Well, to be no, absolutely not. I've seen it in like other sports where guys have gotten hit in like hockey or football, and they kind of just shake it off and then they they drop. But uh, it was yeah, that was very strange and like. It was. It's one of those things where Burgos is just too tough for his own good, basically. And that was the case with those leg kicks too, where he was just he wasn't backing down. He was like, I, "I'm going to see how many I can take," because he he didn't switch stances. He was just still staying on that front foot. He was willing to eat those leg kicks, and uh, um, I thought Burgos was doing some good work there. Like, oh yeah. In the, in the oh first, yeah. The I had Burgos in this fight, okay. and I had. Uh, Fight goes the distance, so it was kind Oof. of a uh, yeah. But uh, you know, things were looking well for Burgos. He had a good second yeah. round. He was doing that the good head body head and that front kick and that that uh, left kick to the body. And then uh, he like uh, the the broadcast was saying he was really he was really affecting uh, Barboza with a good calf kick as well. Yeah, and. Um, and then even in the start of the third round, I thought it was looking good for Burgos, and then it just wasn't looking good anymore. And he, uh, it was like the, um, you know, the buildup of the damage took its toll all at once. You know, like, uh, and then I gotta say the the referee, the referee should have stopped it right there when he just dropped backwards. Like yeah, that man. was. Uh, the, those extra shots weren't necessary, but you know, it it's one of those things where. The, the referee, you know, I, 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 we, we're both saying, and even they were saying on the broadcast, you know, I've never seen anything like that. So the referee is in the same boat, right? It's just like, what, what's going on? You know, like, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was strange. We've seen so many strange things in these opening, uh, these opening fights on the pay-per-views lately. That's a good point, man. You're, you're totally right. It seems like the first fight of the night on a pay-per-view card is always just a weird fight. This was a great fight though, as long as it lasted, you know, I've just never seen a delayed KO as far as like a headshot. Like it's just so weird to me, dude. Like, and I still am very concerned. They need to get this guy to the hospital immediately. CT scans, CAT scans. Um, I still am I'm concerned. There's something not quite right here. Um, you know, usually when you see something similar to this, it's the liver shot. We see guys eat a hard body kick. You know, it's almost like it takes the nervous system a second or two to respond. You'll see a guy eat a liver kick. He seems okay, might even yeah. continue to move forward. And then all of a sudden, their body almost forces them to crumple, like to a fetal position and, and you know, really recede. And, and they almost can't get out of it. You know, then a guy comes up and starts teeing off on them. They're really not responding because your body's just forced to fold over. Uh, as far as a headshot, though, dude, that was so unlike anything I've seen. I'm very concerned for Burgos. He seemed totally okay after the fight, which, like, thank thank goodness, right? Because I thought this guy's getting like stretchered out of here. Something I thought I just thought there was potentially something seriously wrong. Seems like he's okay as it stands right now, but I would not be surprised if they run some tests and they find out something isn't quite right here. Um, I mean, I, I I mean, I'm happy to win the bet, 
But it's one of those situations. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a Chris Weidman situation, but um, I, I just don't like seeing these guys get get potentially seriously hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, glad, I had Barboza. Glad he cashed as a really good plus money underdog. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, my read on the fight was incredibly accurate. I even said before the fight, I go, I'm telling you guys right now, this is going to be an absolute war. And it was. And let me tell you guys something else, man. Shane Burgos, as long as he's okay, he passes medicals, it turns out just a weird one-off moment or something. This guy's going to come back. He is one of the best 145ers on the planet. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And I don't think he really lost a lot of, uh, a lot of luster losing to Edson Barboza. I mean, this dude is insane. He's a monster. He's a freak. Uh, I think Burgos is going to bounce back. Like I said, as long as he's okay. And Barboza's on a legit win streak, man. He's going to fight a top notch guy. We're talking Barbosa being a fight two fights away from a title shot. What do you think, Al? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so weird with MMA how like guys some as they get older, they'll move up, but then we'll also see guys as they go get older, they'll move down. And I'm not you know, a fan. Like, uh yeah, you're totally right, Al. And but, I mean, Aldo's done it, Barbosa's done it. I mean you're going to move down a weight class in your mid thirties. I just can't, uh, that's just not, that's not the natural order, right? The older you get, you move up weight classes. You don't say, let me, let me diminish myself and cut more water weight. And I mean, just look at Edson Barboza though, man, that guy is just absolutely shredded to the max. Um, sorry, Al, I just had to jump in there, but that's a great point, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, one of the crazy things is uh, inside the distance on Barboza tonight cashed at five to one plus five hundred. Wow! So uh, Barboza's uh, stoppage victories in three of his last nine uh, UFC fights for plus six point one units on the inside the distance prop. So before tonight, it was just one point one units, but now <laughs> with that giant inside the distance at five to one odds. You know, uh, you're 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 making good money on on uh, on Barboza inside the distance, and that was, uh, you know, that was. It, it's I, I guess that was it was such a clean shot. It was just not really like we. I, I don't know if we if, if we seen him finish guys to that effect. Like that was just like that was devastating, you know. And uh, yeah, I think he. This is one of the, those guys that he's having like a, a resurgence as a as a veteran he's one of those guys where they've weeded out uh, uh you know a lot of uh, you know a lot of dead weight in these divisions and these guys similar to charles Oliveira, who've just been around for you know almost uh, over a decade and uh barboza's pretty much one of those guys he's been around in the ufc since like 2012 he's been around forever so uh they've weeded out a lot of the dead weight and barboza's one of those guys where the cream just rises to the top he can uh, he can hold his own in in uh, you know against uh, against these young up and comers and yeah I would love to see him. The thing about featherweight is it's just such a logjam, right? And yeah. especially now with uh, the Ultimate Fighter, right? Like I don't think we'll we'll see that fight until like October. So no kidding, the, dude. The yeah. way that the the way that the featherweight division it's going to take a while for it all to work out. But yeah, I would like to see you know. Barboza, yeah, we just got to see like how this division plays out for the next little while, and then find him an opponent. And then, like you said, Bur uh, Burgos, as long as he's good, I think uh, you you get him right, you get him right back in there because he he was looking good up until like pretty much up until he it wasn't anymore. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the uh, next fight of the night here, Al? No, let's uh, move on to this next one. Here we go. Caitlin Chukagian gets the unanimous decision win over Viviani Arujo. Al, another one that I'm seeing a lot of people really thinking Viviani Arujo won this fight. I could see an argument. Yeah, I think I think Viviani, you could have scored 29-28. I think that's fair, and I think a lot of people did. You know, I actually brought up MMA decisions here to see what media thought, and it's pretty much a 50-50 split, you know. I'm on the side. I thought Chukagian won 29-28. I thought she did enough to win two rounds. Al, but here's the real slam dunk. I really crushed this one, Al. 
I got, I got, I got to, I got to give myself props. I said coming oh, into this yeah. card, I said it earlier today on the live stream, right on the final countdown. I said, man, I'm going to be looking to live bet a lot of these spots tonight because I think there's going to be some really good opportunities. Al, I found one shot tonight. I took it, and you know I cashed it. Caitlin Chukagian, the favorite at about one minute left in the first round. I got her at plus 245 live. And I said to myself, I got to do this. Even if I lose this bet, that's just incredible value for a fighter that is going to be the one coming on stronger as this fight goes on. Viviana Rougeau is a tank, an absolute beast. Look at how this woman is built, okay? She comes out every fight, very strong, big power, and that's how this fight played out. She absolutely won the first round. I don't know how you how you could ever argue it that Arujo did not win the first round. She won the first round, okay? But even as that first round progressed, we saw Chukagian be starting to find the timing, starting to find the distance, and starting to have more overall success. And Arujo was already beginning to slow. So I said to myself, based off the momentum we have here, two whole rounds to go, Kevin Chukagian plus 245, this is my shot. I yeah. took it. The judges, they side with me fully. Uh, I, I thought we were going to probably get a split decision. I thought scorecards would be all over the place. If anything, they went too heavy. I think one judge scored 30-27 Chukagian. Al, I talk about it all the time. Some of these judges, by the time we get to the finish of the third round, they forgot what happened in the first round. And I'm going to tell you right now, that judge does not remember the first round. He goes, I don't know. This blonde chick, I think, won the fight. Give her all three. What's the point? You know what I mean? Uh, it was a close fight. I feel like Arujo clearly wins the first. The second's up for debate, really, depending on what you score as what. I thought Chukagian landed more output, landed more damage. You know, for Arujo being the more powerful bruising fighter, look at the damage on each woman at the end of the fight. Chukagian not wearing much. Arujo very swollen around the eyes, and it was just a numbers game. Chukagian just constantly pitter-pattering. Uh, I call it the shadow boxing technique. But <laughs> Chukagian with the yells, the screams, I'm telling you guys, I say it all the time, these chicks who do that, it scores well with judges. It's like putting an exclamation point on a strike as opposed to a period, you know? Uh, it makes the moment seem bigger, and it stands out. It's human nature. It's just these judges, it impacts them. Chukagian absolutely uh, uses it to her advantage. We go to the scorecards, as happens every time Chukagian wins, and they give her the decision. I thought yeah. it was right. I had Chukagian 29-28. I understand a lot of people had Arujo 29-28. I'm just happy to hit a, a big plus money live bet. Al, uh, the main card, I just, I lit it up. That's just where, that's how I, I started the main card absolutely on fire. I hit Chukagian, she wins it. Al, what'd you have on this one and what did you think? Yeah, I had Chukagian in this one too. And I got to give you props because that's such a good bet because the over in this fight was over two and a half rounds at minus 400. So the market, it was already like a, pre-gone conclusion that this fight was going to go the distance right right so with this being a coin flip fight i don't know if arujo was doing enough for her to be favored that much at that point on the live line and like it seemed like it seemed like she was landing the bigger shots but shukagian was doing a good job of kind of you know it like rolling with those punches she looked good like Besides just maybe a few missteps where she just basically ran right into Arujo and Arujo just hit her straight on. But then uh, in that second round, uh, you know, Shukagian dropped her at one point and then she started to get a little bit of momentum going. And then Arujo got her on the ground and uh, she got her in that mount position. But some somehow she managed to get up. She seemed like... Uh, it seemed like Arujo might have, you know, uh, got tired or and because like she thought that she was having a better go on the feet that she kind of just let her go. I'm not exactly sure what happened there. And then I got to talk about the Joe Rogan saying that he, they were saying that he, they thought that she might have tapped, but I mean there is no way that she tapped there. She had yeah, she was going you. for the body lock. And she was reaching around to get her other hand, like while also being choked. And 
you know, I don't think that was a tap. That's we've seen a lot of missed taps before, but that wasn't one of them. Like, uh, uh, I'm with you. Yeah, that was. I thought that was just ridiculous, and that's the type of thing that like should just shouldn't not. It just shouldn't be on the broadcast. It just, you know, it it lowers the credibility of a fight when it's just like, oh, did she tap? Like, anyways, but yeah, um, I thought Shukagian turned the tide really well in that third round. Uh, I I wasn't completely sure how it was going to be called. Like, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, believe me, I was I was not confident going into the scorecards. Uh, when I heard a thirty twenty seven, though, I was like, Well, when I heard when I heard you <laughs> when I heard unanimous decision, I was like, What? Like, and then thirty twenty seven. Uh, that yeah, that was that's a terrible terrible card. Like. Uh, that yeah, that's a terrible. That's terrible. We saw some judgment. bad ones, but you know what? Unfortunately, we told you to buckle up. I warned everyone this week. Get ready. It's Texas, baby. These judges are trash, bro. And we saw some horrendous scorecards. Luckily, you know, you know where we really got lucky, Al, is that a lot of these fights finished. Yeah. And if they didn't, a lot of them were just pretty blatant. Uh. I mean, we can't even get into a Grundy thirty twenty seven. That's an all time. <laughs> that's an all time terrible scorecard. And uh, I mean, I don't even know the name of the guy who did it. Like, apparently, I heard it was his fifth event ever judging. So, you know, I don't know. I I I I, I don't know. Al, there's just nothing to be said. What what is there to say other than it's just terrible incompetency and it's it's got to get fixed because. You know, it's it's one thing to get it wrong, which they still got the right the right guy won at least Venata, right? I mean, my God, had Grundy won that fight, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't have been good. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's real rough, dude. And it, we just see if they're not getting every round wrong, it's just, it's not. Listen, it's 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 not okay to get every round wrong. It's not okay to get two rounds wrong. It's not even okay to get one round wrong. We, there's three – this ain't boxing where we got ten rounds and hopefully, like, the law of averages kind of, you know, we we still get the right guy. Yeah. There's three rounds. You screw one up, that's probably the fight, right? I mean, how often do we get a 29-28 scorecard in this sport? I mean, it's just constant, right? Um, I don't know, Al. It, it, there's just – there's nothing we can do. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where we just get to sit back and enjoy – Hope hope you're on the right side when they're wrong, and hope you're on the uh, hope you're on the wrong side when they're right. Like I I don't know, dude. It's just the craziest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, like it's 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 crazy. But uh, what do you think, Al? Is there anything you want to say on this before we move on? Uh, yeah, one thing, uh, Shukagian. Yeah, like you said, she's won. Uh, she's a decision machine. She's won seven of her last ten fights by decision. Uh, she, so a hundred dollar better who's bet on her to win by decision in her last ten fights is up five hundred and seventy five dollars right now. After tonight, she cashed at uh, just even money to win by decision, and uh, this is one of those things where I was like, no, I'm not going to bet her to win by decision because who knows what happens here? We've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Um, it was type of thing where I bet uh, you know the fight goes the distance, yes, in a parlay with another bet, and then. Chicago in minus one thirty. I was I was all over that. I thought that was uh, I thought the the right girl was favored. It just seemed like she had to withstand basically the tsunami in the first round, and then Arujo's arms just started to drop more and more. And Chicago's uh, a veteran man, and it's tough. Like, uh, what do you do with her? You know, like uh, she's she's so good that she's better than so much so much of the division. But we saw her move up for a title shot and just get slaughtered. So like she's she just like she's being forced into the role of being a gatekeeper. Which uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's good for her. Like you know, like I said last week about Marina Rodriguez, if she just wants to uh, have herself a good career and have herself some entertaining fights, all the power to her because uh, she's got she's got a good name to her. Like basically. Uh, you know, the, the UFC obviously likes her to have put her on this uh, pay-per-view in Houston. So it is what it is, man. I I, I just thought this was a, a, a – I wouldn't say easy money, but I thought Shukagian was, Shukagian was the right side 
uh, all day on this one. Yeah, man, I'm totally with you. Um, here's the thing. I want to I say this, though, man. It's, it's very strange. Honestly, as this week progressed, you know, I, like I said, on Tuesday, I had Chukagian. I, I, I mean, it honestly played out how I pretty much predicted. Man, I almost started getting an itch for Arujo. You know, when she came out, I thought she looked good. Catelyn didn't look too hot, I felt like. You know, uh, there was just something that didn't seem quite right. But luckily, I held off. And like I said, man, hit the live. So happy about that. All right, moving on. Another one, Al. Man, I tried to tell. I tried to tell. I, I, you know, I'm out here trying to help people, right? I'm trying to tell these folks. Okay, Rogerio Bontarin wins a unanimous decision over Matt Schnell. I think Matt Schnell was a very popular bet this week. I saw, you know, a lot of people I have a lot of respect for were on Schnell. Uh, I didn't see it, man. You know, now don't get me wrong. Bontarin, up a weight class, misses weight. But, Al, I wasn't too worried about it because the guy had an extra 10 pounds from where he's normally cutting to. You know, when you miss weight by one pound – but we're still 11 pounds from where you normally fight. I'm kind of not thinking that he's, you know, killed himself to make the weight. My God, we sh could we get more DC and, and Rogan talking about how much Rogerio Bontarin weighed before this fight? I, we get it. 165 <laughs> pounds. You know what I mean? My God, guys. But, hey, for my money, man, I thought Bontarin won this fight 30-27. I'm pretty sure at least one judge agreed with me. Uh, I, Bontarin's just better. I mean, I just try to tell people Bontarin's better. Al, I had a bet on Bontarin. I waited until the absolute last minute because, like I said, Schnell was a popular play. I know it was a popular play. How do I know? Because the line kept getting worse on Schnell and getting better on Bontarin all week. So I sat back, said, let me fire late on Bontarin. Got him at a beautiful plus money, of course, as an underdog. Uh, and he goes out here and he dominates this fight. Here's the other angle, though, Al. I did have the under on this man. I said to myself, I don't see this fight going to the scorecards. Let me tell you why. The chin of Matt Schnell. I was off. This guy's been rocked and knocked out. And don't get me wrong. He got rocked a few times in this fight. He got wobbly, but the chin held up. I thought 135-pound Bontarin was going to knock this dude's head off. I thought he was going to knock him out. Uh, sure enough, it goes to a decision. Unfortunate, man. One of the few fights, which we're going to talk about one later on that I did cash on. But, uh, you know, I took a couple fight uh, unders because I felt like we were going to see a lot of finishes tonight. Sure enough, we did. Unfortunately, I hit I hit the wrong one. But let me explain my argument for why I did. I thought Bontarine was going to knock Schnell out. And if he didn't, Bontarine with the with the big weight cut, blah, 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 short notice, all that. I didn't know if he was going to be able to go a hard three rounds. I thought Schnell may be live to finish him late. If Bontarine didn't finish him early, I kind of used yeah. that under as a cover. You know what I'm saying? On the Bontarine play, I win one. I Listen, I win the plus money one, so I'm happy about that. I made money on the fight, right? Uh, but unfortunately, I lost an under. Al, I hate betting two bets on one fight. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I did it on the main event, too, and we cashed up big, baby. But, uh, yeah, I had I had Bontarine. He's the better man. I tried to tell people he's the better man. Again, a lot of people disagree. A lot of plays I had this week, a lot of bets, people are like, no, man, uh, Tony Ferguson's going to win. Chandler definitely gets the KO. And uh, Schnell's going to work this clown. You know what I mean? So it is what it is, dude. Uh, we cash on We cash on Bontarine. What What did you have, Al? I was on Schnell, man. I thought Schnell was uh, – I just didn't like how I, – I didn't like the whole narrative of Bontarine coming down from 165. I bought in. And I guess uh, – I don't know. It was just uh, – it just came down to – I just thought Schnell was – I don't know. He was very underwhelming in this fight. Like, he was uh, – he got he got hammered so many times. And if it wasn't for, I think, Bontarine's just kind of rough fight IQ, where times where he could have just closed in on him and finished him, instead he, like, went for the takedown – just to gain position basically where he should have just kept firing. There was mul multiple times in this fight where I thought Bontarine could have got the finish. Cause like you, I also had the under, so this fight hurt. Uh, but yeah, as someone who has, you know, watched the tape on Chanel, I thought this was just a poor performance basically. Uh, sure. and then, uh, yeah, all in all just disappointing from Chanel. And then, uh, I, you know, Bontarine, so he's won. He's three and two in the UFC, and all three of his wins have come by decision. And uh, he cashed tonight plus five hundred to win Woo! by decision. 
Damn. So, yeah. uh, well, it three. just goes to show, man. I, I didn't see it going to decision and neither did the bookmakers. So it is yeah, what it is, happened. though. This this stuff happens constantly. So but but that's happened before with him because now yeah. uh three three and two on the, the decision prop for eight units profit since he's come in like in 2019. So he's uh he's one of those guys where I think the the market thinks that it's gonna be violence, but he he's durable. And they seem to match them up with guys that are uh, pretty durable too. But I also think the I I wouldn't call it poor fight IQ. I just think that it, he was kind of just like he didn't know what to do. Like he was giving him his best shots, and Schnell was rocked. And then I kind of just think that it's like almost like a like uh, just a, an instinct thing to you know the guys rock, so you just go for the takedown. I don't know what it is, but I thought. Multiple times tonight he did that. I thought if he just kept going in on him and uh, hitting him with those shots that he could have got the finish, it didn't happen. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, enough talking about losing. Let's get to the winning part of this show. Right <laughs> on, this brother. Next fight well, that. well, well. We guys, we give you a look ahead. This is a fight. Al, when did we start talking about this fight on this show? I mean, a month ago? Beyond yeah. that, Benil Dariush, unanimous decision over, I'm going to say Tony Ferguson. But the thing is, this Tony Ferguson and the Tony Ferguson that we all know and love, yeah, that's, that's two different people, okay? I've said it before, I'll say it again. This was the Tony Ferguson that you hire to show up to your child's birthday party as a Tony Ferguson impersonator <laughs> because this was a fraud. This was a shell. This was the lifeless corpse that used to be Tony Ferguson. And my man Al tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Did they listen? I don't know. You know, I'm getting text messages earlier in the night, you know, from my friends, from my, from even my brother telling me that yeah, Tony Ferguson wins this fight. You know, people on my YouTube channel all week, you know, yeah, Tony Ferguson's not as good as he was, but he still beats Benil Daryush. Benil Daryush ain't that good. And you know what I tried to tell people? If Benil Dariush comes in here and he takes Tony Ferguson down, he's going to dominate this guy. I think Benil Dariush at this point probably beats the crap out of Tony Ferguson on the feet. Let me tell you something, people, in case you didn't know. Benil Dariush didn't lose one second of this fight. Did he have his head caught in some 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 spots, some, I guess, what we call an attempted submission? But yeah, but was he ever in position of danger? Not really. Was he on top in a dominant position? Absolutely every moment. Benil Dariush comes in here and beats the soulless shell of, of I, I, I want to say of Tony Ferguson, but that ain't Tony Ferguson. The real Tony Ferguson, his soul was extracted. It was put into a little jar with a cork, and it's now worn on a necklace by Justin Gaethje, okay? Because he's <laughs> Tony Ferguson's soul, okay? And he ain't been the same since, okay? I tried to tell people Dubronx will dominate this man. I tried to tell people Benil Dariush would dominate this man. So you know what I did, Al? I dropped a bomb on Benil Dariush across a multitude of books. And you know what else I did? I went and said, you know what? Let's get real wild. Let's get real crazy. And let's go ahead and let's pair him up in a parlay with Charles Oliveira. And we all know how that played out. Benil Dariush beats the brakes off the fraud version of Tony Ferguson. Absolute domination. Al, it's victory lap time. Let me hear about it. Well, uh, yeah, there was, uh, you know, sometimes I say, uh, you know, as soon as the bell rings, I just, you know, I I knew I was going to lose. This was the exact opposite <laughs> of this. As soon Bingo. as the bell rang, you know, you knew that, uh, you knew it was, it was just going to go in our favor. I couldn't imagine any, any way that... Uh, even yeah, like you said, even when he was in that Dars choke, you, you know it was it was more or less Darius just kind of gaining. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say he was just you know uh, gaining his win back. He was in a bit of a in a, in a bit of a submission there, but he got out of it without with with ease. And uh, but before that, going back to even just the opening minutes of that first round, I thought you know give it to. Uh, uh, give it to Tony because he was evading some of those big shots from Darius by just like, you know, just a hair. And, 
uh, that's that seems to be one of the only things that Tony's game he still has. He's still really good at evading. He's still you know his defensive boxing is still top notch because he was uh, he was just not there so many times. Darius was coming in with so many it was so many just uh, he was just trying to walk him down and he just wasn't there for a lot of those shots. And uh, it, it kind of worried me a little bit because I was like, Ferguson is dangerous in the later rounds of fights. And uh, But it's just, you know, Tony looks so confident until you actually start fighting. And then, like, we saw this, we saw this in the Gaethje fight. We saw this in the, uh, in the Oliveira fight, obviously. And then we saw tonight, like, you know his body language. He just looks defeated. As soon as Darius gets his hands on him, you know Darius had a good chance for a crucifix there. And uh, yeah, it was just the thing that the the thing that bothered me. I had the under uh, is as well in this, which uh, you know going back. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing was, I felt like Darius could have had a good ground and pound game going, but he was just laying and praying, kind of like. Uh, it just looked like he was holding back pretty much. Um, it wasn't the way I thought. I thought that Darius should be able to get the finish here, but uh, it is what it is, man. My bigger bet, my bigger bet was on the uh, just the straight up money line, and you had to really look like uh, um, I had to. I had to just really dive in to get uh, Darius. I got him at minus one fifty two, and I saw a lot of books like minus one seventy five, and you know I. I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have paired him up in a parlay, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to sit this out. I'm going to set my buy price and uh, got the price that I wanted. I, you know, we kind of missed out on it about two weeks ago when this fight was a lot closer in the odds. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, Darius, he's 12, three and one in his last 16 fights in the UFC and uh, six and a half units on the money line in that stretch. So, He's been profitable, man, and uh, yeah, he needs to fight. Uh, he needs to fight someone in the top five next, right? Like he needs to fight. Uh, you know, I, even even Chandler. I would, I would, I would like to see him fight Chandler. But you know, let, let's. Uh, what did what did you think about this? Give me some more. Let's let's uh, let's bask in this a little bit more. What, what did you think? I feel like <laughs> I feel like the fight. Uh, you know. I feel like the fight really, it just it, it just didn't have that oomph to it that I thought it was going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're, Darius, you're I feel, yeah, you're absolutely right about that, man. But you know what? Um, and and here's, here's the deal, right? And you, Al, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because this is a good segue because I, I, I do want to hammer on this, right? So we heard earlier in the week, Benil Darius says he's going to go out there and out crazy Tony Ferguson, okay? That ain't what happened, okay? And I got to take my hat off. I got to give big props to Benil Dariush because, like I said in my breakdown, Benil Dariush comes out here and uses offensive wrestling. This guy can make this a grappling match. Oliveira laid out the blueprint that Tony ain't what he claims to be, this snap jitsu, whatever that's, what is, whatever that's supposed to be, Eddie Bravo, 10th Planet. Uh, Benil went out there, got a little wicked with it at first, right? But eventually he takes him down and he says to himself, I, we, I even kind of caught the last part of the post-fight post -fight press conference of Benil. He said, you know what? I went out there, took this guy down and said, this is nothing. I'm in dominant position. And every time there was a scramble, I mean, yeah. every time there was a scramble, Benil Dariush won, okay? To the point where I'm going to tell you right now, Tony Ferguson, this is probably a wrap because you guys remember that time? when uh, he had to wear sunglasses inside and he tripped over a camera cord and uh, ripped his knee and we didn't get to see him fight Habib. Well, guess what? Benil Dariush went ahead and did a little surgery himself tonight and he totally took apart that whole surgery, okay? Tony Ferguson's knee is done. I saw on the replay, you can absolutely see a ligament and muscle. Something gives way in his leg and fully tears off. And Tony Ferguson's a freak, right? But even Tony Ferguson's grimacing, wincing, Looking like he's about ready to tap. And I'm going to tell you right now, a regular guy does. You know, you need to be mentally unstable. You need to be a Tony Ferguson to literally look at someone in their eyes while they disconnect the ligaments and 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 uh, muscles of your knee and twist them and rip them. And then you go, oh, another round? I'm out there. 
you could tell his movement was diminished. He's absolutely defeated. He's not who he was. He's yeah. got a torn apart knee at best. Okay. I think this should be the end of the road. I mean, yeah. this guy is so bad. I saw another – listen, this was another stat brought up to Dana White at the post-fight press conference. The last 30 minutes in Tony Ferguson fights, he's thrown 30 strikes, okay? We've <laughs> never seen someone fall off like this from a year and a half ago to everybody showing up trying to tell me this is the guy to beat Habib, and I tell him, Please excuse yourself from my channel. Not a chance. My man Habib will murder this man. And that's the truth. And that's what would have happened. We don't need to see it. We know now. Okay? If Benil Dariush and Charles Oliveira offensively wrestle you to death, a shutout, literally you have no moments of success, do you have any idea what Habib would have done to this man? It would have been a crime committed in the octagon, what Habib would have done to this dude. And you know what? I got to take this moment right now. And I got to laugh in the face of Tony Ferguson, who at the press conference called my man Habib. I'm not even going to repeat it because it's just so outlandish. Tony Ferguson, the luckiest thing that ever happened in your life was the fact that you never got in there with Habib Nurmagomedov. And that's just a fact. That's all there is to it. Al, let me know what you, what you got to say with, to, about this fight as we uh, approach this main event. Yeah, and totally with you. I think uh, oh, it's just so hard to like Tony, man. He's just such a punk. Like, as, like if he talked like that and he had good performances, but it, it's just—it's almost like as if the more that he's the more that he's focused on the way that he talks, is the worse that he's his fighting has got. You know, like he's—it's oh, just he's such a punk, man. He was so disrespectful to Darius at that uh that press conference and i'll say this really like, rubbed me the wrong way man Big I, time. I don't like to watch those things because it kind of sways my uh sways my opinion but like you know the bet the bet's already made basically with uh Darius for me with that one but uh, uh that that you know, some things weigh my confidence differently, but uh, that one that one just made me even more confident in Dariush because I'm just like, why are you pissing him off? Why are you why are you making it personal now against this guy who's he's just gonna maul you? And that's basically what happened. And he just you can see it in his face. He just doesn't have he just doesn't have the fight left in him. You know, like he just. Where's that confidence that he has when he has the microphone in his hand when uh, he's absolutely. on the ground? You know what I mean? Like absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh it's just I hope I hope this is it because this this clown show, you know, like the thing, the biggest thing for me, and that's why I hate this kind of stuff, is because it's like, yeah, you can sell a fight, but like at the end of the day, martial arts is about like honor and it's about like respect, right? And like at the end of the day, oh, and then another thing, like when Benio went to like hit him, like went to like say like nice job, man. Like in between the first and the first and the second round, he like pushed him, and like it's just like like what? It's just so disrespectful. That's the type of shit that ruins the sport. You know what I mean? That's the type of shit that leads to like Connor breaking buses and stuff like that. That's like you know what I mean? It's just not in the not in the the spirit of the sport like it's all good to like you know talk some trash and build it up but just you know ugh, he's just such a punk man and uh Ooh, tonight, nice. i love to, i love to uh we uh you know we called it from we called it from ufc 261 right like, one. and uh you know my my confidence didn't waver at all on this one this is one you know the next fight you know, I, we'll, we'll get into it, but the next fight, my confidence did waver a little bit oh, as yeah. as we got as we got closer. So no doubt, but this one, no, this one was all day, every day, Benil Darius. And then, like I said, I think he needs to uh, he needs to get a big step up. I would say Chandler, Chandler would be a good fight for him. Or uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, Ch you know. Ch uh, Chandler would be a good fight for Gaethje, but Darius, he's got to fight. He's got to fight somebody in like the top seven, no, oh, no matter what. Dude, he's got to fight. I mean, Darius at this point, it needs to be like a contender fight. You know, he needs to fight somebody that if he beats them, 
probably worthy of a title shot, in my opinion. He's on yeah. just a tremendous win streak. And even though this is a faded corpse of Tony Fer- Tony Ferguson, the name alone in the resume, it carries weight, and it does mean something, even if this is, you know, the worst version of Tony Ferguson we've ever seen. Yeah, man, I just got to say, and, and I'll, let me, I'll, I'm going to cap it off on this. No one has ever wrote a, wrote a check with their mouth that their ass could not cash like Tony Ferguson tonight. Real pathetic, real bum stuff. I don't ever need to hear this guy running his mouth like that ever again. And I'd hope his next opponent slaps him like a bitch at the next press conference because that's just foul. This guy is just on – I mean, it's it's Tyrone Woodley all over again, but with like yeah. a mental illness and false confidence and the guy's still out here saying champ shit only, Khabib's a bitch. I'm done with it, Al. Let's move on to the main event, the crown jewel. Speaking of my man, Habib, the heir apparent, the heir to the throne of the greatest division in mixed martial arts history, the UFC lightweight champion, Charles Dubronx Oliveira gets it done. I know a lot of people were on Chandler, man, and I get it. And, And you know what? Before we get into this, man, I'm going to hype up Charles Dubronx a lot because I was on him. I bet him big. I, I I just felt like it was destiny. This man wins this fight. But all due respect to Michael Chandler, the way he fought, tremendous. Uh, the way the, the, the graciousness, his ability to um, take the higher ground, essentially an opposite Tony Ferguson, essentially, like for real, the way this guy handles – his self, his business, I have the utmost of respect for Michael Chandler outside the octagon as I do inside the octagon. And my man was that close to being your UFC lightweight champion, an incredible first round. Charles Oliveira has some very good moments early on. Michael Chandler lands those big, hard bombs on, on Dubronx. I mean, at one moment, Dubronx is against the fence, eats a big shot. You know, his knees go. He buckles, like kind of sits down in a spot. Chandler's unloading very similar to what we saw, how he finished Dan Hooker, where Dan Hooker was in a similar spot against the cage. Bronx is doing the uh, the Benson Henderson. I used to call it, uh, you know, Benson Henderson. He has the long wavy hair. I used to talk about how this guy gets in the octagon and likes to try to clean up after himself. He's in there sweeping the floor with his hair. Bronx doesn't have the long hair. But the same technique, and, and, Charles, and Chandler even said after the fight, it's a very good technique because essentially he's hard to hit swinging the head like that. And what he's uh, presenting you is the back of the head. And you don't want to hit a guy in the back of the head and finish the fight. You're going to get a DQ loss. I mean, have we not seen that enough lately in in this game? Uh, Right? Uh, Man, Charles Dubronx Oliveira loses round one. We saw, Al, you brought it to my attention, man. A judge scored that first round, 10-8 Chandler. And Dubronx goes, sits down on the stool. He's cut. He's bleeding. The quitter, Charles Dubronx. I heard it so much. And Al, again, I tried to tell people. I used to be on board that Charles Dubronx is a quitter. I saw it. I've lived it, okay? I remember these fights vividly. I told people, this is a different man. This is a guy with the mindset of a champion and heart now. If Charles Dubronx had even an ounce, a drop of quit in him, he loses this fight in that first round. He gives up, okay? We've seen him drop out of fights in far less adversity than what he went through in that first round. Goes back to the stool after surviving, after recovering a little bit, gets his minute in, goes out there like nothing happened, lands an incredible left hook Chandler does not see coming, jumps on him, chases him down, lands the shots. Charles Dubronx inside the distance knocks out Michael Chandler. It's the dawn of a new era. Dubronx, 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 the new champion. Al, did did we not tell the people? We told the people, right? We told the oh, people. Yeah. Al, Al, take take it away from me, Al. Yeah, like this fight went almost like exactly how I thought it was going to, and then you know it, you know, not the way I thought it was going to, all at the same time. Like uh, you know, Oliveira had his moment on the ground there, 
and uh, uh, Chandler was hitting him late, but I got to say, Chandler hit him real hard. But when you look at that replay, I feel like I feel like his 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 knees did buckle, but for him to have been moving his head a bunch, I feel like he wasn't taking as many as those shots on the ground that it looked like sure. at least like uh because you know it seemed like that finish was eminent right like and i gotta give it to the ref because uh yeah that, i that was uh you know that that was like a i, I don't know that it was just it's so michael chandler like this is and i said it in the lead up to this is just like he has that those time shots where he just times you with that similar to that uh the the Usman where he just throws the the straight the, the the straight right and then the hard left or he does it both ways actually where he'll throw the straight right or the straight left and then the hard right and uh you know he he caught he caught him right on the button with that one and uh yeah the the thing that got me after the replay I saw the replay and uh I got to say like in the lead up to this, into like you know, in the the month that we were doing these videos and the look ahead, I was I started from being extremely confident on Charles Oliveira to you know being quite confident, but totally envisioning Chandler winning the fight. Like now, seeing it in my mind that Chandler was going to win this fight. You know, uh, one thing that got my confidence really uh back was that uh the press conference or not the press conference the ceremonial weigh-ins you know, the 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 face to face there and seeing just the difference in size and seeing you know just similar to just like how the fight played out where just Oliveira was just like no I'm gonna just keep coming forward and uh I think that was the narrative for that second round 19 seconds all it took in that second round and I feel like Oliveira came back and he was like you know, I I can't I can't back up. I have to just keep going forward. And the thing about Chandler is, as good as 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 hard hitting as as he is, he's you're able you're easy to time his combinations, and that's that's all all Charles Oliveira did is he timed it perfectly with that counter left hook right on the button. And then Charles Oliveira, he's similar to Dustin Poirier. He's just so good at knowing when a fighter is is hurt he knows how to mix in those knees you know the the mai tai knees and uh he's just oh you know this was just a thing of beauty man and what a fight like incredible what a just fight. absolute fight like incredible fight for I mean, the ages right? ab like, absolutely al and like i said man all the respect in the world to michael chandler um here's another thing let's i'm gonna give michael chandler some props right here Charles du Charles Dubronx got on that dude's back with a body lock, and I yeah. said, "Oh baby, it's time to cash a bet for sure." Because you know what, I had Char I had Charles Oliveira, but you know what else I had, Al? You know what else I had? I had the under, baby. Oh, we're yeah. talking about two finishers. I said, "I listen." I tried to tell again. I, I, I swear, every fight, I, I I tried to tell the people, but I did, man. I said, "I said, listen, guys, this is going to be very similar to a Prochaska Reyes." Regardless of who wins, there's just no freaking way this goes to the scorecards. Yeah. And I was totally right. I mean, 19 seconds into the second round, like it don't yeah. matter what under you had, it's cashing. You know what I mean? So uh, a double casher, baby. Oliveira and the under, totally thrilled. Dropped some bombs, cashed them up, big time profit. But Al, I kind of got on a tangent here. What I want to say is Charles Dubronx Oliveira had a body lock, okay, on the back of Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler escaped, okay? That is ultra impressive when's the last time du bronx had somebody's back and they survived i mean i can't think of one time i literally cannot think of one time that dude latched on but chandler was desperate man you know literally yeah. launches back tries to hit the head of of Oliveira. wow al you're instant classic dude no doubt one for the ages i'm gonna watch this fight literally as soon as we're done with this yeah. live stream al Same. that fight was on fire dude absolutely capped off a beautiful UFC 262. Every prediction I had on the main card uh, came to fruition. Uh, only lost one bet on the main card. I, I ended up having a bet on every fight on the main card, and I didn't even mean to, just between live betting, getting frustrated on prelims. Uh, so it ended up being, man, a really phenomenal night for me overall. The bankroll has increased. You know, my man Charles Dubronx wins. 
even even outside of a gambling standpoint, you know, as a fan, I was rooting for Dubronx. Would I have been mad? Would I have said, uh, you know, gosh darn it, I don't like Michael Chandler? No, I like Michael Chandler too. He would have made a great champ and a great story. You know what I mean? But uh, and he came this close. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my man Dubronx gets it done. I tried to tell the people Michael Chandler, another very very popular play overall amongst the MMA gambling community. Al, I got to tell you what, your boy made some money. Al, you made some money. We came out ahead tonight. You know who didn't? Everyone else in the world, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, from what I can tell, everybody got wrecked. You know, a lot of the real, like, cute spots this week, the Tonys, the Chandlers, the every other fighter who lost tonight was, like, a pretty popular play. So, Al, oh, man, honestly, I'm thrilled. I'm, um, I'm over the moon. Absolutely uh, just just a tremendous night. Couldn't be happier. Did I take some L's? Oh, yeah. But did I take some W's? And were they the ones that I really, really, really wanted? Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, I'm as happy as could be. Al, uh, why don't you tell the folks uh, overall how the night how the night went for you, man? Yeah, I was it, the one thing that I said last week, and I just said the L word, and I said that, you know, um, the under, uh, I thought, you know, yeah. under, two, under two and a half was, uh, I didn't, I was still, you know, I, I could still see, uh, I really like, like when this opened, the under two and a half was kind of at like minus 135. And then, you know, tons of money came in on the under and then they, it, it moved down to the under one and a half round. But even then I was still, you know, even after that first round, I was like, okay, well, someone's going to get finished here pretty quickly. And then uh, <laughs> there's a, you know, a very popular gambler who uh, gave out fight goes the distance. Yes. You know, on this fight oh, and said that there was good value. And yeah. I got to tell you, I, 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 I saw that earlier in the week. I, listen, as, as a kind of an entire community, we all kind of looked at that and said, nah, bro. Um, <laughs> I hate to I hate to say it Al, kind of, kind of a what's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of an exposing play, if you know what I mean. Like where you could ever come up with value on that, even well, anywhere. I mean, it's a, I, I just don't, I don't get I, Al. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm about to I'm about to get real wild here. I'm not going to say it Al, but well, uh, you're right, man. Uh, it, the the fight goes the distance. No was honestly one like it, this is one of those things i had it in multiple parlays fight goes the distance no under four and a half this was a lock like uh real oh it was just you know there was no way there was no way that this fight was gonna go it, you know it was just destined to be quick right like it was yeah these guys and then uh just to finish that thought Oliveira with that finish now has the most finishes in ufc history he was tied for the record before and now he has the most he has 14 wins by stoppage in his last 22 fights and uh if you've bet a hundred dollars on him to win inside the distance dating back to 2012 in his last 22 fights you're up a thousand dollars tonight and uh with uh him cashing plus plus 120 inside the distance but then plus 450 uh by tko and then there was another stat. The two of them had, I think it was like they were 25 and 12 between the two of them in their last 37 fights to the under. Yeah. So now they're 26 and 12. And uh, yeah, it was just, this was, uh, this. It, it was nice because it was all leading up for me for Charles, Charles Oliveira. I had like, I was up like a half unit going into the, going into the, into the last fight and i was just like you know it, it it's gonna it's gonna come down to the under is the, the under is the play and i wasn't nervous because even if even if chandler won i could have still scraped by with a little bit of profit eating the charles sure. Oliveira loss but you know it just it it wasn't the way that i thought it was gonna be man and i gotta I still thought that yeah, Oliveira has that crisp boxing, and it came down to me having the belief in him, all basically because of that pit bull knockout, where I was just like, you know what, a little guy, a smaller guy who's not as bulky as him, can still lay it on him, and yeah. Chandler's a pretty 
thick dude and Oliver is pretty lean, but he's he's that shoot box that you know those guys are deadly man they they hit each other with bags of rocks for fun like they you know they don't they're they're so tough charles Oliveira is so tough despite how he looks he is so so tough he is just a monster man and uh i i don't i i think i think dustin poirier is his is the biggest problem for him and beyond that, I think he could beat anybody else in this division, basically. I think Dustin Poirier gives him a hard time. And then besides, obviously, Habib and, uh, you know, Makachev, right? Uh, that, that would be a wild fight, too. But uh, I got to say, I think the only person that I would, I would probably – I don't know if I would pick against him, but the only person that I would say would have any case to be favored against him – right now is either Habib or Dustin Poirier. And beyond that, I think he's the favorite in any against anybody else in this division, bar none. And uh, who knows what's going to happen now because it's, it's – uh, sky's the limit for this guy, really. <laughs> you got that right. The sky is the limit. And right now, he is amongst the clouds, baby. It does not get higher. Charles Dubronx Oliveira is the new lightweight champion of the world. I know a lot of people can't believe it. Um, this dude became the champion. I think this was his 28th UFC <laughs> fight. I mean, just unbelievable. Nobody's ever done this, you know. But you know what, Charles Dubronx, Oliveira, he he shuns trends. He shuns, you know, the way that, that things normally play out in this game, right? Nobody's ever done this. You know, started their career a division down, lost a lot of fights against fairly high-level competition, but now he's at the highest high, and this guy clearly has broke through to another level. And and, and Al, I mean, he just beat Michael Chandler. He beat Tony Ferguson. He's beat some other good uh, – Kevin Lee. He's beat some good guys. I don't know who's going to present problems for this guy. With Habib out of the picture, I do think Islam – I think Islam poses the biggest problem. I think Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor both have got their work cut out for them going up against this guy. Man, I'll tell you what, though. Give me either one of those dudes, and I am glued to that fight. I can't wait, man. And I think that's who gets it, right? It's going to be the winner of uh, Dustin uh, Conor. That's that's who has to. I mean, I, I guess maybe. Well, it's already a trilogy, right? If Connor wins, whoever wins this third fight gets two of the three, and that's going to be how it how it is, right? Yeah, um, but but <laughs> I mean, if Connor fights Charles Oliveira, I think Oliveira just destroys him. Like, <laughs> be, you know, like I don't think it's going to be even close. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that's just my Al's opinion. keeping it real, real around <laughs> here, man. He don't think he's got a shot. I'll tell you what, man. I'm 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 concerned for Poirier too, though. Uh, you know, we we saw where does Poirier struggle? Where does he lose a fight? It's that grappling, baby. And Du Bronx is all grappling, and not only that, the dude's one of the damn best strikers at this point too. I, listen, that's another thing that I tried to hammer on. I go, man. I, I listen. You guys think Du Bronx? Because check it out. Here's a, here's an angle we got to talk talk about, which I think is probably why we had so many Michael Chandler betters and backers this week. Michael Chandler's never been submitted, okay? Yeah. How does Dubronx win? In a lot of people's minds, Dubronx was going to need to come in here and tap this guy out to win, right? Um, had he ever gone up against a, a guy with the, the jiu-jitsu on the level of Dubronx? No. So I said to myself, oh, yeah, there's a very good chance Dubronx taps this guy out. And the way it was going with that body lock on his back, I thought it was getting ready to go down for sure, you know? L listen, don't don't get it twisted. There were milliseconds away from times where Oliveira was going to knife that skinny long arm because that's the huge grappling he, advantage he has. That skinniness makes it so much easier for him to get net, you know, th the thin part of the arm under a neck, around a neck, squeezing a neck. You know, even the legs. He's so good at weaving uh, spider-like appendages. You know what I mean? Um, but, but what I'm getting at is, Al, I said, there's a very good chance Charles Dubronx comes in here and wins this fight striking 
Sure enough, how does a guy come in here? Knocks out Michael Chandler. Um, damn, this guy's good, dude. This guy's really good. Are we looking at a guy? Are, are we looking at a Habib scenario where we're talking about a guy who's going to defend for years? I'm not sure yet, but I'm telling you, Charles Dubronx is the truth. Um, I don't think Michael Chandler is very far away from the title picture still. He had a very good first round, came very close to winning this fight. Michael Chandler goes out here and beats Benil, beats Justin Gaethje. He's back to being one fight away from a title shot probably. So yeah. uh, is it over for Chandler? No. Is he 36 years old? A 36-year-old, one year younger than Tony Ferguson at the same weight class? Yup, that's the truth. Uh, but at the same time, it's the guy's only had two UFC fights. He's one on one now. Um, Chandler, Chandler. I mean, Al. It's 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 Dariush or it's Gaethje for uh for Chandler. There's no other option. And uh, Du Bronx gets the winner of Dustin and Connor. And I think that's all there is to it. Al, is there anything you want to say before we uh, wrap this recap? Yeah. The uh, yeah, I would have to say it's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Chandler Gaethje is a is a great fight, and I feel like now, especially now, like if, if as far as like the UFC casuals go, if there was anybody who was like, "Who's this guy?" You know what I mean? Like as far as Chandler goes, he's got some credibility now. You know, so uh, Chandler Chandler Gaethje is a that's a that's a great fight. That's uh, I would I would make that fight for sure, and that's the type of fight that you can just headline. A pay-per-view i feel like you don't even really need to uh have a belt on the line but who knows uh who knows what they do and uh for yeah Oliveira, you know i if if connor beats dustin which i don't think is going to happen but if he does i think that charles Oliveira will defend his belt successfully um and then yeah i feel like honestly and then another thing that about uh about Oliveira is now that he's the champion, now that he's getting champion money, he's the type of guy that it's not that's not gonna like get to his head, right? He's like a super disciplined dude, like the type of guy that came out to like <laughs> Brazilian Christian rock tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the most like in tuned dude, and uh, yeah, I just think uh, he's not going to he's it's not going to phase him. He's and especially with getting that money he's going to be able to up his game. So I feel like we're going to see him improve even more. And if that happens, then honestly, I think the only guy that will be able to take him down is Habib. And who knows, man? Who knows if Oliveira ends up being the guy to bring him back, right? Because that, like, that's that's Ooh, the fight, right? Like, yeah. And, and like, uh, uh, Habib... Oliveira is what people think Habib Tony is. You know? I think you're totally right. Yeah. Habib, like, that's the fight that people, like, because Oliveira is as skilled as people think Tony is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, listen, uh, Al, you, you nailed it, dude. Charles Oliveira right now is what people thought Tony Ferguson was. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And, 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 and maybe at one point, Tony Ferguson was that, but he ain't anymore, not even close. And if you ask me, Oliveira is what Tony was supposed to be. And then even uh, turn it up some more. You know what I mean? Crank it up even beyond that. This dude is the real deal. And uh, that's just all there is to it. Al, yeah. should we wrap this up? Should we tell the folks goodbye and we'll see you next week?